So, have you ever heard a loud cry across your house? I've heard a few loud cries across my house. I have four kids. My oldest one's 17. My youngest is five. So I've heard a few, a few shares of loud cries over the last 17 plus years. Joel will be 18 in February, if you can imagine that, um, for those who've been knowing Joel for a long time. And so for 18, almost 18 years of loud cries, I've heard loud cries from my wife when she saw a roach across the house one time. Last night, I, just a little, uh, a little warning here, we got an air fryer for Christmas, and apparently you cannot preheat an air fryer with the paper thing in there. Just, nah, just common sense, but apparently not to me. So I'm smelling something, and I'm like, what is going on? And I opened the air fryer thing, and there was flames. And you know, this is a little side note, it is true what the firemen tell you, what the public service announcements tell you that, that you should not blow. And they tell you that because that is your reaction, is it not? And I pulled it open, I went, and it went, and so I, at that point, it clicked, oh, no, no oxygen, no oxygen. So I closed it, unplugged the air fryer, and opened it again, and it, was, and it was out, thankfully. But I will tell you that if my wife would have not been in the bathroom, in the bedroom, we would have heard a loud cry. <laughs> we would have heard a loud cry. So there's many reasons why we can cry out loud, and, and we hear panic, or we hear uh, uh, cries of, of excitement or, or, or joy, right? Loud cries. But have you ever heard, have you ever been in a room with someone, have you ever been at a, a funeral, a memorial service, where you've heard a loud cry of lament? I've done a lot of, I've done a lot of funeral services in the 10 years I've been in, in full-time pastoral ministry. And there, there, there's one funeral that was unique that stands out to me. There was a, a wife in her 30s, and her husband died in a car accident, and she had kids that were left behind, and I just remember, I can still hear it in my mind, in my heart, her crying and weeping and wailing, a loud cry of lament. There's something about lament and sorrow that comes from the depth of our heart, and, and it's unlike anything, I think, that we can experience. And that's a common experience that we've all had. And, and maybe we don't cry out loud, but, but we have that sense of lament at times in our life. And, and this morning, we're going to look at the book of Lamentations. The word lament comes from the word lamentations. It's the idea of lamenting. And, and the, the author of the book of Lamentations is the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet because Jeremiah wept over Israel. He wept over his nation, over his people. His nation had rebelled against God and they had turned their back on God's laws and God's ways and had adopted idolatry. And God, through the prophet Jeremiah, was calling his people back to himself and calling his people back to himself through the weeping prophet. And you see his lament over and over again. And Jeremiah is lamenting for what he sees in Israel. And what does Jeremiah see in Israel, what does he see in the nation? What he sees in the nation is no physical defense. The city's defenses are down. What he sees is no law of God read. And what he sees is no house of God for worship. And he sees, he sees the effects of all of that. And he's lamenting. Here's, here's a little 
summary of it as we walk a little bit through Lamentations. Lamentations 1 verse 1, how lonely, this is a weeping prophet saying, how lonely sits the city that was full of people. How like a widow has she become, she who was great among the nations, she who was a princess among the provinces, has become a slave. Lamentations 1 verse 20, look, O Lord, for I am in distress. My stomach churns. My heart is wrung within me. Chapter 2, verse 9, Jeremiah says, Her gates have sunk into the ground. He has ruined and broken her bars. Her king and princes are among the nations. The law is no more, and her prophets find no vision from the Lord. Verse 11, he gets real personal here in verse 11 of chapter 2. My eyes are spent with weeping. My stomach churns. My bile is poured out to the ground. He's sick to his stomach. He's weeping so hard, he's sick to his stomach. Because, why? Because of the destruction of the daughter of my people. Because infants and babies faint in the streets of the city. And this is a really stunning, this is a a really stunning picture here that he gives in verse 14 in chapter 2. He speaks of the nation of Israel. He says, your prophets have seen for you false and deceptive visions. He's saying that those who are supposed to speak for God are liars. The prophets who are supposed to speak for God, they're lying. They're deceptive visions. Listen, and why are they deceptive? He says, they have not exposed your iniquity. You can, you can point out a false teacher very quickly. Do they call out sin? Right? A false prophet will not call out sin because a false prophet wants your money. Right? He wants the power over you. So your prophets have seen for you false and deceptive visions. They have not exposed your iniquity to restore your fortunes but have seen for you oracles that are false and misleading. Wow. This is the backdrop of Jeremiah's lament. This is what he is seeing as he is writing. So for over 40 years, Jeremiah had prophesied of coming judgment, but God's people would not listen. For 40 years, he's crying out, he's crying out, calling them to repent. And that, that's the buildup. When we get to chapter 3, Jeremiah's lament reaches a crescendo in chapter 3. And this is the text we're going to look at. Jeremiah 3, excuse me, Lamentations 3, 16 through 26. He has made my teeth grind on gravel and made me cower in ashes. My soul is bereft of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. So I say my endurance has perished. So has my hope from the Lord. Remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Amen? Amen. You see the, see the, the paradox? You see, you see the first half and the second half? Don't you like the second half better than the first half? <laughs> but the first half can be your reality. Maybe that's your reality. Maybe you have been in lament, and certainly, certainly, no doubt, 2023 may not have been as challenging as what we read in Lamentations, but for some of you, maybe it has been. But what I want us to look at 
a little closer at this section, chapter 3, by God's grace, I think it will help us frame the year we just walked through as well as lay a foundation for the new year in 2024. And I see two places that the prophet Jeremiah finds himself in that we just read, two places he finds himself in, and two places that we find ourselves in as well. We find ourselves in our life in these same two places that Jeremiah has found himself. Where did Jeremiah find himself? I think it could be summarized like this. My heart is heavy and my strength is weak. My heart's heavy and my strength is weak. Did you hear? He said that really, that's what he said. His heart's heavy, his strength is weak. Lamentations 3, my soul is bereft of peace. I've forgotten what happiness is. So I say my endurance has perished. So has my hope from the Lord. My heart is heavy. My strength is weak. My endurance has perished. So has my hope from the Lord. This is the first place Jeremiah has found himself. He is lamenting. This is how he feels. No peace, no happiness, no strength, no hope. He's looking around, and all he sees is destruction. All he sees is his nation that is vulnerable because of sin and rebellion. He sees the temple of God destroyed. No law of God read. The worship of Yahweh abandoned. And he is has no peace, no joy, no hope. He is bereft of peace. He is heavy. His heart's heavy and his strength is weak. So have you ever been there, right? Where you look around and all you see is difficulty, all you see is trial, and all you see is the burden that is is weighing on your heart. Maybe we look at the nation all around us. You know, as we go from 2023 to 2024, some of us here today, we have inundated ourselves with headlines and news stories of 2023, and we're looking at an election in 2024, and we're concerned for the future of our nation, and what direction will we go in, and and you've lost your peace, and you're weak, and you're burdened, and you're overwhelmed, and you're looking at 2024, and you're concerned. Maybe that's you here today. So, but, but what is Jeremiah doing here? He's lamenting. He's lamenting. He's crying out from the depths of his soul. My question that I thought about as I was preparing this message is, is how often do we keep everything stuffed down? How often do we do that? I think, I think a lot of us do it often. We do it regularly. We, we stuff our emotions down. We stuff our feelings down. But I would say that lamenting is a normal part of our human experience. I don't know about you, some of you that are, that are older than me, you, you can testify to this. Life does not continually get easier. Life continually, continually gets more difficult the older you get. Am, am, I, am, am I wrong about that? Right on, right? I think as you get older, your, your body starts to creak a little bit more, right? The more processed foods you get, the more chances for sickness. I don't know. I'm like, just like life continues to get challenging. And so there's opportunities to lament. Relationships become can become challenging and, and marriages can become challenging and family and friends and jobs and and this is the reality of life and if we're not careful we can lose the understanding that lamenting is a part of life it's it's normal and i think as christians we we don't want to put on a, a picture for people that we've lost faith and so we don't lament so we don't mourn, we don't cry, we don't, we don't talk to our brothers or sisters in Christ and tell them, hey, I'm struggling, this is difficult, 2023 was a difficult year and I'm walking through it right now, and I'm burdened, I'm overwhelmed. Jeremiah was lamenting, he was letting out, he, was, he had a, a cry of desperation, but I think there's a, a false view of Christianity that impacts our ability to be honest with our struggle. 
And that could represent your year that you've just walked through. Have you been honest about your struggle with people? To let them know, no, I'm really struggling. I need to lament. I need to tell you. I need to reach out. I need to cry. I need to let it out. I need to let it go. I need to lament. And, but we like, the, we like the plastic version of Christianity, the, 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 the plastic version. You know, I was reading about plastic things, you know, plastic surgery. You, you ever heard of uh, Rodrigo Alves? You probably have never heard of Rodrigo Alves. His, his nickname is the human Ken doll. The human Ken doll, Barbie Ken, Barbie and Ken, human Ken doll. You should look up the human Ken doll and see a picture of Rodrigo. He has spent $750,000 on 70 plus surgeries, and his nose is about to cave and collapse because of all the surgeries. Now he must have plastic surgeries out of necessity, not out of want. And he says he can barely breathe now. He's struggling to breathe. Plastic versions of life. There was one article that I read about a man who contemplated um, getting a leg extensions for his legs and um, bicep implants. I didn't know you could do that. Now, this is a true story. He, he wanted to look like The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. He loved wrestling. I didn't know you could get bicep. I could have done that years ago. <laughs> I mean, my goodness. <laughs> We've been working out. I'm going to start, I'm hopefully going to start working out in, in uh, January. That's a New Year's commitment I, I want to do. I mean, just get the implants, skip the exercise. <laughs> Worry about your heart later. I don't know. Plastic version, covering up, trying to change. What, what does Rodrigo Alves, what's he trying to do? He's trying to change the real life reality that he doesn't like. And he creates a plastic version. Listen, the trials of this present life expose the emptiness of a plastic version of Christianity. The trials and the brokenness, the realities that we face, the cancer that we walk through, the difficulties that we go through in this life expose the emptiness of a plastic version of Christianity. Listen, walking in faith does not mean that when we have a lot of faith, then we will believe our way out of the struggle, right? Walking in faith means that when we continue to trust the Lord as we are going through the fire, that's what walking in faith means. That's what it looks like, that we continue to trust the Lord as we walk through the fire. That's walking in faith. I mean, I'm, listen, listen, how many times in our lives, I can think back the last several years in our life. You, you just go back in your mind, several years. You've walked in faith because you walked through trial. That's walking in faith. And we need to let go of this plastic version. It's, it's really in, it's, 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 uh, influenced by the prosperity gospel, this name it and claim it version of Christianity that is false. It's this idea that, that you've got you to confess your way out of it. And, and you've heard people say it, you know, like when you ask somebody how they're doing, I'm fine, I'm, I'm blessed, highly favored, right? Listen, we're not promised that our faith in Christ will exempt us from trials. Isaiah 53, 3, our Savior, he was a suffering Savior, right? He was despised, rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief and is one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. 
In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus was under such intense uh, trial and pressure. He sweat as it was great drops of blood. He's lamenting, and he's lamenting, and he's saying, Lord, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Jesus is our suffering Savior. He's our suffering servant. And what did Jesus warn his first disciples? He said, listen, in this life you will have tribulations and he says he says if the world has hated me they will hate you meaning look suffering's coming and you look at the early church actually look at the history of christians in every civilization that they've ever lived have come under persecution because of their faith suffering is a part of life it's a part of the christian faith one lesson we must all learn listen is this is that life is not something we can control We cannot control the circumstances of our life. In an instant, they can change. In an instant, and we can't control it. Just like that accident that happened in Thibodeau, in an instant, we can see the circumstances of our life change. And and as a result of that, we realize that we live in a broken world. And as it says in Romans 8, in Romans 8, it says that creation itself is groaning for redemption, longing for the brokenness to be, re, to, to be removed and for redemption to come. Creation itself groans. And, and it says in Romans 8, we ourselves groan inwardly. That's that lamenting. We are lamenting. We groan inwardly. We're longing for redemption. So if we can't control the circumstances of, of, of our life, what can we control? We can control our response. What is in our hands is our response. What is in our hands is how we respond to the things that we cannot control. My heart is heavy. My strength is weak, Jeremiah laments. He laments the state of his people and his nation. But he's going to respond here in a minute. And you heard it earlier. You saw his response. But before we get to his response, I just want to ask you, what, what about you? What, what, has your 2023 been a year of lament? Are you overcome with anxiety about family, finances, health, the direction of our nation? What's Jeremiah's response to his lamenting? What does he do? He pivots. And I think we all have to pivot. Lamenting is fine. It's good. We need to lament. There's a time for mourning. There's a time for lamenting. But we have to pivot. We have to pivot. Listen to his pivot. What is he, how does he pivot? But this I call to mind. But this I call to mind, Lamentations 3. And therefore, I have hope. The steadfast, of the, Lord, uh, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Lamenting lamenting's healthy. Lamenting is a natural response to the brokenness We see the brokenness we experience. It's natural. It's good to lament. Psalm 30, verse 5 says, Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes in the morning. There is weeping. There is weeping. In Ecclesiastes, there's a time for everything under the sun, a time for sorrow. But there's a time for joy. But Jeremiah pivots, and we need to pivot. He pivoted in the middle of his sorrow, and we must do the same. Listen to the psalmist David, Psalm 42, verse 5 through 6. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. Do you talk to yourself like David does? I was listening to this video last night while I was doing the dishes, cleaning up the the burn marks, <laughs> the burn stuff off of the the air fryer, and 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 the guy was talking about talking to yourself. So do you do you talk to yourself? He's talking about the the mental 
the mental health crisis in our country because of the overload of digital media that we consume. The overload of digital media is causing a mental health crisis. And he said, you have got to stop listening to yourself. You've got to stop listening to the thoughts that come into your mind that are telling you all these things that aren't true. And you've got to talk to yourself like the psalmist David. And you've got to say, why are you cast down, oh my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Ben, hope in God. Hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you. Amen? We're not ignoring our circumstances. We're not being fake and plastic and pretending that we're not struggling, but we're pivoting in our thinking and we're pivoting in our confession and we're calling to mind. It's not a plastic faith, but we're calling to mind who our God is. Listen, I'm not calling to mind who I am. Trust me, when I talk to myself, I'm not talking about what I think I can do and how I can get out of it and how I'm enough and how I'm strong enough, how I'm good enough. No, no, I, I, I'll, stay in, I'll stay in that pit for a while because I'm not enough. You've heard the phrase, God helps those who help themselves. Charles, Charles Spurgeon says, God helps those who cannot help themselves. Isn't that true? I can't help myself. No, that's why I got to hope in God. Got hope in God. Jeremiah is saying that because of what he is remembering about God, this is why he has hope. God is the foundation of his hope. So what does he call to mind? When you want to talk to yourself, when you need to talk to yourself and remind yourself of who God is, what does Jeremiah, he gives us some clues of what to remember, what to call to mind. What does he call to mind? The steadfast love of the Lord is the first thing. The love of God. The steadfast love of God. Maybe some of you have had people in your life have not been steadfast in their love. They've not been continuing in their love. They've been unfaithful in their love. But there's a love that sticketh closer than a brother. There's a love that is steadfast and never fails. It's the love of God. The steadfast love of God through the person and work of Jesus Christ. It never fails. It never ends. It is the greatest reality of human experience, of human history. The love of God. Christ. You know, one of my, my favorite songs that describes the love of God is called The Love of God. It's the hymn, The Love of God. It was scribbled on the inside of a, of a sanitarium cell where a man, Horatio Spafford, wrote it, scribbled it into the walls. And it was found later. Listen to his description of the love of God. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The wandering child is reconciled by God's beloved son. The aching soul again made whole and priceless pardon won. O love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. It shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. Listen to this this refrain here, could we with ink the ocean fill? And were the skies of parchment made, and every stalk on earth a quill, and every one ascribed by trade, to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to 
to sky. Amen. Call to mind the steadfast love of God. Secondly, what does Jeremiah call to mind? His mercies that are new every morning. His mercies that are new every morning, just as the sun rises, call to mind, speak to yourself, call to mind, God, your mercies are new every day. When you're drinking your coffee, when you're on your patio, on your front porch, and you're watching that sunrise, you talk to your soul, you remind your soul that is lamenting of the mercies that are new every morning. First Peter 1, verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy. He has caused us to be born again. It's only a mercy that we're born again, that we have new life in Christ. Titus 3, verse 5 says, He saved us. He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, not because of our own good works, but what? According to His own mercy. So recall, call to mind the steadfast love of the Lord. Call to mind His mercies that are new every morning. And what did Jeremiah call to mind? The great faithfulness of God. He called to mind the great faithfulness of God. God, you have been faithful. All I see around me, Jeremiah is saying, is unfaithfulness. All I see around me is rebellion by God's people. All I see around me is children in the streets. All I see around me is a temple that is torn down and and no word of God for God's people. But I will recall your love. I will recall your mercy and I will recall your faithfulness. I will call to mind, Psalm 33, 4, for the word of the Lord is upright and all his works is done in faithfulness. He's a faithful God. Psalm 89, 1 through 2, I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. With my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I said, steadfast love will be built forever. In the heavens, you will establish your faithfulness. You know what that means? In the heavens, you will establish your faithfulness. What it means is, is that every time you look up to the sky and you see that the sky is not falling, the sky is still there, the sun rises and, 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 and we're still going around the equator year after year. It's, we're going to keep going around. Next year, there's 366 days of God's faithfulness. Did you know that? You have an extra day. It's a leap year. Every time you look at the sky, his faithfulness is established in the heavens. When you look up, you can be reminded that God's faithful. He's faithful to his word. This is what Jeremiah is doing. He's reminding himself of who God is. This I call to mind. The steadfast love of the Lord, new mercies every morning, and the faithfulness of a God who will never fail. Amen? Have you ever ever had a lumpy pillow? that you beat on during the night, trying to get comfortable? Try a my pillow. <laughs> Try a my pillow. Have you ever read the reviews of the my pillow? I got some for you. Listen to this. Best pillow ever. That's all they put. Here's another one. I was a little skeptical, but I was wonderfully surprised and impressed. I'm still skeptical. <laughs> Here's another one. My wife bought me an original, and it is in a pile of about five other pillows from Tempur-Pedic and other big names. I have a giant skull, and I can't find a good pillow for me. I like Mike and how he's trying to help our planet, so I think I might give these a try. Here's, a, here's another review of the MyPillow. 
twist it, fold it, roll it, wash it, step on it. It's still in my pillow. An amazing experience. Don't miss out. Buy yours now. I, I think Mike might have written that one. <laughs> Have you ever beat, I don't know, maybe you, you have a my pillow. You beat your my pillow trying to get rest. Why are you, why are you beating your pillow trying to get rest? Because you can't sleep because you're lamenting, you're mourning. They suggest you need a new pillow. And Mike Lindell doesn't offer this one. This one's not for sale. You can't get this with the 1-800 number. You get this one for free through faith in Jesus Christ. It's the pillow of God's providence. It's a pillow of his sovereign care. May I, may I suggest that you adopt the pillow of providence, a pillow of God's sovereign care, a place to lay your head at night, a place of trusting in the mighty hand of God. When you're beating the pillow at night and you're lamenting, call to mind the mighty faithfulness of God. Remember his love, his mercies, and his faithfulness, and rest your head on the reality that God is the one that is keeping this world spinning. Who is it that is keeping this universe spinning? The God of creation. Who is it that is causing the sun to rise? Who is it that knows the end from the beginning? Who is it that is in control? It's our God. Our God is in control. Psalm 127, verse 1 and 2 says this, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stay awake in vain. Do you see it right there? How many watchmen do we have? Do you stay awake in vain? Are you watching? Cut off Fox News. Look, if you watch CNN, it's all about Donald Trump and how evil he is. If you watch Fox News, it's all about how, how evil Joe Biden is. And you, you, you watch, if you're watching both of them, you're schizophrenic. So, like, <laughs> cut off the news. Don't be a watchman watching in vain, looking over the city, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor build in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the nation, those who stay awake watching, they, they watch in vain. It is in vain that you rise early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. For he gives his beloved sleep. And where is that sleep founded on? It's founded on that pillow of God's sovereignty. In his providence. And it's saying, hey, I can't control the circumstances of my life. I can't control who's going to be in office in 2024. I can't control that my taxes and insurance keep going up. <coughs> I can't control those things. But what I can control is the way that I'm going to sleep. And I'm going to sleep tonight. I'm going to talk to myself. I'm going to remind myself of who my God is. And I'm going to lay my head on that pillow of God's sovereignty. And I'm going to know that he's going to keep the world spinning. He's going to keep the sun rising. He's going to take care of me. He's going to take care of my family. He's going to take care of my kids. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I just want to tell you, you're here today, and maybe you need to hear this. Your marriage will be okay. Keep trusting God. Keep staying faithful. Your kids will be okay. They may wonder for a while, but they'll be okay. Keep praying for them. Keep interceding for them. And when you're done interceding, lay your head down on the pillow of God's providential care and rest in his goodness. This I call upon, but on this I rest my head, but on this I lay my burdens, on the steadfast love of the Lord, on his mercies, on his faithfulness, in the middle of our lament, in the middle of our loud cries of desperation, we must remember, listen, and just like the prophet Jeremiah, in the middle of a wasteland, we must call 
to mind the greater truths of the love and faithfulness of God. Amen. All right. You guys ready to pivot? 2024? Are, are, are you ready to pivot? Ready or not, here we come. I was telling people, telling the officers this morning before service, I was like, you know, some New Year's Eve nights, I don't have anywhere to go. And so I just stay home and I think I'm going to go to bed at 9 o'clock. I'm like, no, that's ridiculous because at midnight I'm going to be woken up. So I might as well stay up to midnight again this year, <laughs> like I always do, and because the fireworks are coming. So ready or not, New Year's Day is coming and people are going to pop fireworks and, and 2024 is here. It's on our doorstep. And so whatever your 2023 was like, the, the message this morning is about us pivoting. Listen, we can't change what happened in the past. There's no future in your past, right? You can't change what happened in your past. You can't control what's going to happen in your future. And there will be, there will be things that will come. There will be opportunities for sorrow and lament in 2024. But the challenge for 2024 is that we would remember in those times of sorrow and lamenting, in those times of difficulty, that we would recall the faithfulness of God. That we would stand on His promises and we would speak to our soul to hope in God. So as I think about 2024, here's what I want us to think about. I loved the song that was chosen for our year-end review video. I love the line, Pastor Scott mentioned it, while we're waiting we are working. While we're waiting, we're working. And I think that's the heart of the Christian. So I want to ask you, are you ready to work in 2024? Are you ready to work for God and His kingdom? Are you ready to get to work to see His kingdom advance in 2024? So here's some questions to ponder. Whose marriage will be healed this year in 2024? Next year. Whose marriage is going to be healed? I don't know, maybe someone's sitting in here right now. Your marriage is going to be healed in 2024. The reconciliation has been so needed is going to come. Here's something else to think about. Here's another question. Whose family will be restored? Maybe you've had kids that have been estranged, estranged from you. Maybe there's going to be a restoration in 2024. What might God do in your family? Whose son or daughter will come to faith in Christ in 2024? Whose son or daughter that you've been praying for, interceding for, and you finally decided, you know what, I'm going to give up, I'm going to let go, I'm going to let God, I'm going to rest my head on the pillow of God's sovereignty, I'm going to trust Him. And whose son or daughter will come to faith in Christ in 2024? Here's another question to ponder of what God might do 2024. Who will be born again this year? Who's going to testify like Balaam? I love what Balaam said. I'm here to get baptized. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. That's it. That's it. That's it. That, that, that's what it means to be born again. I'm here to testify, confess what? That Jesus is Lord. Who's going to make that same confession like Balin? Who is it? Your neighbor, your coworker, your friend, your family member, your husband, your wife, your kids, the person at Walmart, at Target? Who's going to make that confession? Who will make that confession because of your witness? Here's another question to ponder. Who's going to find their place in the body of Christ this year? Some of you here today, you've been attending in the peripheral. You're up in the shadows somewhere in the building, and you're in the peripheral, and, and, and maybe you haven't found your place yet. Who will find their place, a place of serving, a place of fellowship, a place of communion within the family of God? So as Pastor Scott said in the video, all you see is joy, right? I think that's true. I think there's so much joy in the body of Christ. Maybe you'll find your place. We pray you will find your place in the body of Christ. 
Here's another question to ponder. What good things does God have planned for our church and our school this year? I think there's a lot of good things. You know, what, what, what I'm doing with these questions is that I, I, I want to build your faith. I, I want to build your confidence in, and your hope for what God's going to do. I believe he's going to do, continue to do great things as he always has done. How will God prove himself faithful again in 2024? That's the question I'm pondering as I'm pivoting. I have, listen, I've had things to lament over in 2023. You saw a few pictures of them. There was some lamenting in those pictures. Did you see them? I'm still lamenting Matt Carnes leaving. He came to visit on Thursday. Like you, joker. You know, there's lament. When people, you know, he left for, for ministry that God had called him to and continuing education that's good for the kingdom. But right, there's still lamenting. You, you carry, sometimes you carry over that lament, right? But God will prove himself faithful. Again, he proved himself faithful in 2023. He'll prove himself faithful again in 2024. Because that's what God does. He's faithful. So I want to end with, with this quote from Charles Spurgeon. Let, let, let Spurgeon speak to us. He says this, Well now, you Christian people, suppose it is a time of trouble with you. Suppose at this time you are much exercised with spiritual distress. Go to the Lord as you did at first, as poor, guilty, rebellious sinners, and cast yourself upon him, and you will find him faithful, for he cannot deny himself, because the Lord has been so good and so faithful to me. It would take my breath away if I found him changed. Oh, how good, how exceeding good is my Lord. Amen? Amen. That's the thought for 2024. How good how exceeding good is my Lord. And 2024 is going to be a great year. It's going to be a year of God's faithfulness, as, as, as every year is.